Welcome to the Life by Design, Not Default podcast. I'm Paige. And I'm Elaine. And we want to talk about all things life, business, and beyond. This podcast is for anyone done with the mediocre and ready to design a life that is meaningful, impactful, and fun. And we want to know, how are you living your life by design? Welcome everyone to today's podcast. We are excited to have with you a special guest. Katie Christ was one of our panelists for the Level Up to Scale Up business experience. Um, Katie comes to us as a certified health and life coach with a master's degree in recreational studies and body image perception. Katie helps burnout women who are struggling with their weight and energy to create a total body transformation by ditching the diet and over-exercising mentality. She's a daughter of a college football coach with a passion to encourage individuals to take empowered ownership of their lives by focusing on their daily habits. By the end of working with Katie, clients have different rituals, different habits, and feel totally transformed in their bodies. And what Katie aims toward is not some quick fix diet, but rather making those changes last, which, you know, I'm all about that. So I'm so glad we're going to be having the anti-diet conversation. Um, yes. <laughs> and I, so I have to tell you, we are also a football family. So um, oh. yeah. So where does your dad coach football? I would love to know. So Yeah. University of Wisconsin. Okay. Okay. My son is currently, he's, my son is currently in college at the um, University of Jamestown in North Dakota. He's there on a partial football scholarship. So football has been a part of our family since he was like four or five years old from peewees all the way oh, up I love that. high school and stuff like that. So we might get to actually watch him play uh, a game this year as a sophomore because he was <laughs> a red shirt last year. So very, very exciting. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you get started in this, um, in your, in your industry? Like what, what led you to do what you're doing? Yeah, no, I, I feel like with anybody that kind of goes into health coaching or any life coaching in general, I feel like it always starts with your own personal experience. That's really what happened with me is I, or I was, again, I come from a very athletic family. And so for me, developing healthy habits and exercising, it should be natural for me, theoretically. It should be something that is it's in my family. We're like we're a sports family. We train, we we do all this stuff, but it was hard after kind of in my early 20s, I gained quite a bit of weight from college. Uh, and afterwards, it took me, it was so hard for me to get into a healthy routine to eat the good foods to consistently do everything and drink the water and, and exercise. And I didn't understand why it was so hard for me to do that or why even I felt like I was doing all of the things I was doing the shakes. I was doing the exercise programs. I was cutting out the carbs. I was living daily and nothing was working for me. And so I was very interested in um, kind of background my communications degree, I was very interested in how women were portrayed in the media. So I kind of meshed the two together and understanding, okay, why is it that kind of, I'm not seeing the results that I want, but also the more and more I participate in those quote unquote healthy behaviors, 
I actually felt worse about my body. And then the more I felt worse about the, my body, I would try and exercise more or mm-hmm. cut my calories even more. Mm-hmm. And then I'd still, I, I, it would kind of motivate me for a little bit, but then I still didn't feel good about my body. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't understand why this is happening, why I can't create consistency and why that, like the more that I'm participating in something that's healthy, I feel worse about myself. Like, it, that shouldn't have been the case. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a crazy person. And so therefore I went to grad school to ask <laughs> this question. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going to read a whole bunch and just write a whole big thesis about it. Cause I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what I went to school and just, it was research article after research article, after research article, it talked about how women have struggled so much with their body image perception mm-hmm. and men too. Men just are kind of not as studied as much. Um, they're, they're getting better a little bit more now. And so then I wanted to do something about it. And I was going to go get my PhD, but that thesis was like, nope, Katie, you got to take a little bit of break. And so that's what kind of are kind of led me to health coaching because mm-hmm. really focusing on, okay, right now the health industry is not working by telling women and men to exercise more and count more calories. It's not working. Yeah. Because if it would have been working, we all would be thin and fit and in the best bodies ever. And we'd be so happy. It's not working. Mm -mm. So something is missing. And that's where Mm -hmm. just that habit development and looking at it. One of the biggest studies that I found was if you have an appearance-based motivation for your health, you're actually less likely to achieve the results that you want or Mm -hmm. establish the habits. Mm-hmm. So that in and of itself, like that's my big why of why I do this is to help women get out of being so appearance focused mm-hmm. and, and focused on losing weight or getting toned or feeling sexy. Or right now we're seeing a lot of imagery and verbiage around get your summer bod or bikini body ready or slim down for summer. We have to be away. We can't focus on those anymore because it's yeah. not going to give us the results that we want. No. And it's a long winded answer. Yeah. No, yeah, healthy no. either. And so, I, well, yeah, oh. Paige, go for it, girl. Oh, I was going to say, you know, I got the, lots to say. <laughs> oh, I know you got lots to say. But one of the things I really um, enjoy about you, Katie, is the fact that you are a big proponent of habits and and creating a set like discovering, creating, and establishing mm-hmm. right and maintaining those healthy habits. Can you maybe share with our audience, kind of like? a quick roadmap on how we can do that, maybe with one habit that you can kind of walk us through? Yeah, yeah. Um, I always kind of give the example, whenever, I feel like exercise is a really hard habit to kind of implement. And so usually I give three kind of tactics that you can implement for just creating a habit. The first one is do it every single day. And I'm not saying like do a hit workout or like an extreme, like you're just going to burn out. Just move your body, get into that pattern every single day. And the reason why I say every single day when you're forming a habit is then you get rid of that kind of built-in excuse of, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Like, oh, I'm really tired today. So I'll just kind of push it back for tomorrow. Or, oh, it's the weekend. I'll just, I'll I'll push it for Monday. I'll do two workouts on Monday. Um, So that is just creating, like consistency is what you want in creating a habit. So just telling yourself, just taking it day by day, that's, that's what you can do. Because a lot of the time when we're trying to develop these, these new habits, which 
it's hard to do. Mm -hmm. It's really, even if I just say, just, just work out for 15 minutes a day, it's still hard to do. So just take it day, like just look at it day by day by day. Cause a lot of the times we get really overwhelmed if we can't do it. Um, the second half, the second kind of tactic that I say too of building a habit is, um, and I got this from Jay Shetty, but time has memory. So if you want to kind of it, it, implement a new habit, try doing it at the same time every single day. Cause then you can say, okay, 6 PM is my time to move. And you, you put it in your calendar and you establish that and you don't like, that's a promise that you make to yourself. That's a meeting that you make for yourself. And then a lot of the times we wouldn't skimp out on meetings that we set with other people. So why do we not show up for a meeting that we set for ourselves? Mm -hmm. So that's the second kind of tactic. And then the third tactic for habit development. Um, and there's so many too. These are just kind of the, the ones that I personally found really beneficial around exercise specifically, because that was my hardest one. Um, but the use of habit stacking. And so this is when, like, let's say that the most common example of this is brushing your teeth every single day. And so we do that every single day, hopefully twice a day. <laughs> and so that's a habit that's ingrained. And so if you're trying to implement a new habit, try um, adding a habit right after that. So let's say it's drinking water or even exercising. Um, for me, <laughs> I did this in, in grad school. I did the habit stacking of, I always took a shower in the morning. And so my thing was, I need to exercise before I take a shower. And if I didn't exercise, I don't take a shower. So I used a lot of dry shampoo on the days that I didn't exercise. Um, but it just was for me to like, again, that was the habit that was in place, the showering. And so I told myself just exercise right before it. And then the days that I didn't exercise and I didn't shower, I just felt like something was off. And the re and that's how kind of it ingrained in me of this habit of exercising makes me feel good. It's not about losing weight. It just makes me feel good. And it makes me feel clean because then I'll shower afterwards. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I really like that because, you know, it is really hard. They say what it takes, what, seven, 21 days to build a new habit or something like that, right? And mm -hmm. it can get really hard to stick with something if it's not already a part of the norm. So I love your um, suggestions on how yes. we can start to um, bring in new habits into our daily routines um, and kind of get and out a of little our comfort comment. Zone. Yes. No. And a little comment too about the 21 day to kind of establish a new habit. So I was reading a book. Um, I think it was Robin Sharma, the, the 5 a.m. club. Um, and he was talking about how it's actually, it takes longer to create a habit mm. than the 21 days. Cause, mm. and for him, he, he kind of just broke it down to 60 days, Interesting. Which is significantly longer, but it's because you have to go through three phases. So the first stage stage is you have to break your old habit. So let's, again, let, let's say that your new habit that you're trying to implement is to work out five times a week or whatever we're looking for. So you have to take 20 days to break the old habit of you not working out every single day. And so that's hard. That's messy. It, it, it's hard to stop something that you've been, your body is conditioned to you to be used to. And then the next 20 days is for you to kind of figure out what is your new routine? Like, what is this going to look like for you to establish this new habit? And again, that's hard. That's messy. 
And then the third 20 days is you have to install your new habit and just kind of solidify this and that this is just the new you. And again, that is hard and messy too. Mm-hmm. So it's not a willpower thing that we can just say, okay, in 21 days, I'm going to be a new person. If I just stick with this and have willpower, it takes a lot longer and we should have a lot more grace with ourselves because mm-hmm. we're breaking down old habits and building up new habits. Yeah. Uh, that is very fascinating. I haven't heard of that book. So thanks for that recommendation. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think that's really uh, key. Like you said, breaking that down into those 20 days, you know, each thing, I can totally see how how that's um, beneficial. And you know what, Elaine, I think you would like um, Robin Sharma. I think you would like him. I think he would resonate with you. So I would highly suggest that you uh, take a look at him and we could put uh, something in the show notes as well but I think he would resonate with you because he's very much along the whole um Brene Brown mm-hmm. uh you know you're a girl I know you're certified in <laughs> Brene Brown but he's along that same realm yeah. so I think I think you should definitely uh, check him out I definitely will I've got some audible credits to use <laughs> there we go <laughs> so um one of the things that you know I come from a very body positive mindset, which came from, I was a boudoir photographer for 10 years, right? And so Mm -hmm. um, I encountered women on a regular who hated themselves, they hated their bodies, they were, they were in my studio because they wanted to change how they felt about themselves, they wanted to change how they see how they saw themselves, honestly. And so, um, some interesting things that I always found really interesting. It was part of my own journey, my own story of self-acceptance. And I uh, have to give credit to Miss Tyra Banks um, because at the time she had a show and I happened to be flipping through the channel and it was an episode about mothers and daughters and body image. And Mm -hmm. interestingly, at the time, I was definitely a putter downer of myself. I would say really hurtful things about myself. I would call myself a fat ass. I would say my, my fat ass ain't going to fit in that chair. Like I would say things like that. And then one day my daughter, who was probably nine, 10 years old, was, was doing cheerleading for peewees and complained about the size of her thighs. Hmm. And that's my time machine moment. That's the day. That is the moment in time that I go back to and I change what I said, because instead of saying what I would now say is the right thing, I just, well, what are you talking about? My thighs are bigger than yours. Oh, like I would never say that now, Mm. but what Mm -hmm. I, what I learned from the Tyra Banks show was that, um, daughters didn't want to be better than their mothers. And if a daughter sees her mom putting herself down, she feels that, well, I, we look at our parents with unconditional love. We love them no matter what size they are. Like there's no condition there. And so when our daughters hear us talk about our bodies negatively, they then bring that into their own because if there's something wrong with my mom, there must be something wrong with me too. Right. Mm, And that mm -hmm. was a very impactful moment for me where I decided in that moment that I was no longer going to talk bad about myself. And it was really hard. But there was a day that um, 
there, I, when I was five years old, I, I, my shirt caught on fire and I have a burn on my body from that. And I would cover it up with everything I could because I was so afraid that people were going to see it and they were going to think I was a freak or whatever. And one day we decided we were going to the mall and I had this cute baby doll strap dress and normally I would wear a sweater over it. And I didn't. And my husband was like, what's going on? Are you okay? Like, I don't understand what's happening. Like, what is going on here? What's happening? And I was like, no, I'm fine. And we went to the mall and my worst fear did not come true. Nobody stared at me. Nobody pointed and laughed at me. Nobody called me a freak. And so from that, it was like this light bulb had gone off in me that I needed to love myself in order to, you know, love myself as I was, love my body in order for me to just have that freedom and to not pass down this negative body image to my kid, which I had already kind of done. Mm -hmm. And so um, I love that you're talking about, you know, being able to, it's, it's not working out for appearance reasons. It's working. So what motivates you um, besides appearance? What should we be motivated by? That you hit it right on the head of just, you need to search for what is your big why that's either bigger than yourself or it's impacting others. Like, like make it so big that like, there's no other reason why you should, like, this is the most important thing that you should be doing. And that's where like you kind of, it was thrusted on you as like this, if you keep continuing feeling this way about your body or talking about your body, it's going to impact your kid. Mm-hmm. And so that's a pretty dang important motivator. And so that's, I always tell my clients and, and it's just, you need to have a big enough why that on a scale of zero to 10, keep it really simple as 10 is, this is the most important thing I could possibly be focusing on. It has to be between an eight and a 10. And so it's just, this takes, it's, it's not complicated, but it takes a lot of work mm-hmm. to really just keep asking yourself, okay, if my whole life I've just been wanting to lose weight ask yourself the, this, these two questions of either why is that important to me or what will having that do for me mm-hmm. and keep, so, so maybe it's okay, losing weight, I will feel more confident. And then you ask the question again and you keep asking those two questions until like it, it needs to like be deep in your bones of this is so important to me. And so there isn't one right or wrong answer as this is, these are good motivators. I would just say the one motivator to really kind of challenge yourself to stay away from is if it's based on appearance mm-hmm. or if it's, I think too, this, I can't remember who, who said this quote. Um, I heard it, it was requoted by Gloria Tatamo. And I apologize if I mispronounced her last name, but it was a quote that said, if your goals were accomplished, would it only influence you or would it change the world? Mm. and so like think about it in that terms of you losing the weight what could change your daughter's perception of herself is going to be completely rewired and she's going to feel beautiful and what could change for her life or what could change for your your finances or your job or your career or your love like just thinking of it in that broad of a term I think that's really powerful Again, it's not like me just asking the same question. Why is that important? Why is that important? Why is that important? That's not a complicated thing to do, Mm -hmm. but it's 
not easy either. Right. Because then you really, yeah. Because then you have to be really honest with yourself. And sometimes I think we have been conditioned, like you were saying, you know, doing all that research about the media and stuff. I also did a lot of research about the media because I, Mm -hmm. um, while I was doing photography, I put together this 30 day program that I wanted to help women change how they saw themselves before they had a photo shoot. Like I was trying to change how they saw themselves because, you know, sometimes some women would like immediately go into, oh my God, I hate the way I look. And can you just Photoshop this? And uh, no. So mm-hmm. I wanted to change that before they even went in front of my camera. Um, but I, you know, the diet industry they've said is like a billion dollar business and how mm-hmm. um, loving yourself is an act of rebellion, right? And that yeah. because now you are saying no to that industry and that I'm going to love myself and I can take care of myself. Once you love yourselves, you're going to take care of something. If you, if you love something, you're going to take care of it. So you have to love yourself first and then start taking care of yourself versus what I call living your life on layaway, which was once I lose 50 pounds, then I will love myself. It's like, no bitch, you yeah. got to do it the other way around. Like you can't, yes. you can't wait because tomorrow's not promised number one. And it's, it reinforces this ideal that thinner is better or that you should take Mm -hmm. up less space in the world or that, you know, I'm, I get so irritated when I see, I try not to read the comments because I know the comment section on any woman who is not a size zero is going to be body shaming. I mean, she's body shamed if she's a size zero, first of all, Mm because she needs to eat a cheeseburger. And then she's body shamed if she's a size 12 or or higher because that girl needs to lose some weight. You know, everybody, I'm like, look in the mirror, bitch. Like, first of all, (laughs) Um, but it reinforces this idea that um, that thinner is better and that we should take up less space in the world. And I'm like, I had decided I was not going to promote dieting. I was not going, I was going to promote body love and self-love versus what the size of my pants are, what size the dress is, or what this, of what the weight on the scale is. Um, the scale that we have, my son used it for his workouts because he needed to build muscle, but it is not in my mm-hmm. bathroom. I do not step on it because I know that does not define my worth, does not yeah. define my kindness. It doesn't define anything about me. And so I'm wondering if you can talk about how do you navigate this for the people that are like, well, it's, I want to lose weight because I want to fit into this size or mm-hmm. how do you navigate with a client through that so that that doesn't become their main focus? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And it's a hard one to navigate around because it's like you were saying, it's so ingrained yes. in ours and in, in our self-worth in our culture and how we show up in the workplace, like all feeling thin is, is such a value that's placed specifically on women. Um, the biggest thing, again, it's, it's stepping away from focusing on your weight, pardon me. And it's, it's saying we need, you need to start building up your intuition around what actually feels good for you. Cause again, when you start to actually like build your intuition of what movement feels good for you, what foods feel good for you, like weight is a byproduct of just everything that you're doing. 
And so if you're fueling it, if you inherently feel really good about your action steps, what you're doing, how you're fueling your body, the weight will happen. The weight will, it's, it's a byproduct and it's, but it's a slow game too. You don't want it to be a fast game or else it's going to be that yo-yo again. And so it really is a lot of the times with my one-on-one clients, it's just telling them, first off, if you are focused on appearance, you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because again, it's, it's the, their studies, scientific studies have shown if you're focused on your appearance, if you're focused on losing weight, you're actually more likely to feel worse about your body, regardless of any health benefits. Yep. So you could be losing the weight, but you're still going to feel worse about your body. Mm-hmm. And then feeling worse about our body, you're more likely to participate in poor wellness behaviors. So you're putting yourself into a negative, like almost a compounding effect of just your backsliding. If mm-hmm. you're so focused on that. Yeah. Um, and I also try to train my clients too, of if you are, if that's in your head of, I need to lose weight, I'm not skinny enough. Our brains do this really weird thing where it wants to confirm what it's like. We always want to be right. That's just like a human behavior. And so if that's the thought that's in your head, your brain will find moments in your life and in your day-to-day that's going to confirm that. Yeah. And so what, feeling bad about ourselves, what is the benefit of that? Mm -hmm. There is, there is no benefit. We can't, there might be a little bit of a benefit that we see of, oh, but it's going to force me to work out. I'm going to be constrained to work out harder and longer, but Mm -hmm in the long run, it's not doing us any, any good. So it's just kind of educating clients on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I love that. So, um, one of the questions that we always ask because, uh, on our podcast is, do you have a motto that you live by? Um, so Elaine's motto changes normally, uh, depending on what's happening in her life or the season, uh, very inspirational. My motto tends to stay the same, which is I deserve to be here, um, right here, right now, no questions, you know, it's okay. Whether it's good or bad, it's all right. Do you have a motto that you live by before we hear from Elaine, what hers is this week? Do you have a motto? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one that I just constantly have is go all in, go all in on myself, go all, all in on my relationships, go all in on my business of just giving everything that I can, but not, there is a fine line of just not burning yourself out. But I think in my perception, going all in doesn't mean it's not, it has to be healthy. It has to be good. It yeah, has it's to not feel good. It's not negative. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, I know I some people it. could be like, you're crazy, Katie, go all in. But no, it's yeah. not in a negative perception. It's just give it all you got. That's right. Mm-hmm. Give it all you got. And Elaine, this week. So this is so funny. I'm just going to tell you this because I don't know why, but earlier this week, my brain was bringing back um, one of my my infamous quotes. Um, that is very much in alignment with this conversation. And I don't know why it was coming through, probably because I knew, because my, my the universe was saying this conversation is coming up. So I'm going to just give this to you. But um, uh, my, the quote that I used to say, and this is my profanity quote, y'all. So just be aware it's happening <laughs> is that you don't have to change your body. You just have to change your fucking mindset, right? Because yes. it is so 
much more than your body. It's, it's all mindset. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I think that is so applicable for this week's conversation. Um, yes, indeed it is. (laughs) Indeed it is. And it's on the affirmation cards. (laughs) Like it is like, it is a thing. Um, but yeah, uh, that is, that is my motto that I'm going to embrace this week. All right. Sounds good. Um, So Katie, the next question we always ask our guests is, how have you created a life by design and not default? Yeah, um, I think there, when you asked that question, it was two parts of an answer of the one is just living into my healthiest version of me by not feeling like I need to constrain myself with food or kind of constrain myself with exercise. So really just doing, slowing down to speed up and, and giving my body what it needs and and moving my body the way that feels good. So I think that would be the one thing. And I think too, also my, I kind of created my own little career here. I come from a family of very much like you do, you go to school, you go to grad school, you have a career. Um, My siblings are physical therapists. So it's very like A, B, C, D. Um, I created my own. And it, this week was a hard week. my grandfather passed away last Friday, but I'm sorry to hear that, but thank you. No, I appreciate that. Um, but it was beautiful in that my business kept running when I was in my, my business was supporting me when I needed it. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't emotionally there, but my business still kept supporting me. And I was able like, that's, that's what I love of, of just kind of entrepreneurship and anybody who's an entrepreneur, just like keep going Mm -hmm. because there's a reason why you're doing this. And, and kind of reflecting on this week, that's one of my big whys is I wanted to have a life that I could, I could have time to mourn and my business was still working for me. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that. And, and yeah, we, your family is definitely in our prayers. We're sorry Thank you. Uh, for your loss. So tell everyone, I mean, you know, we could have this conversation forever and ever. And, you know, like I said, yep. um, Elaine's a huge fan just because of the whole non-diet culture. I'm a huge fan because of the whole habit stacking. So tell our audience where more people can find out about your programs and your services. I know that you're also an active speaker. If someone wants someone to come in and speak um, in a paid capacity, please just share with us where we can find out more. Yeah, no. So I hang out mostly on both Facebook and Instagram. So you can just find me at Katie Chris. And yeah, I do speaking a lot on motivation and kind of transitioning from appearance-based to a more functional-based motivation and kind of tips and tricks on how to do that. Awesome. So um, we just want to thank you for coming and having this conversation with us today. I know that it's, um, it can be a hard topic to talk about. Um, And um, so thank you for not bringing forward diet mentality because that's, it's like, oh God, please don't talk about it. <laughs> no, gosh, no, no. Yeah. Run away. If you, again, if you're, for anybody that's listening, like if you're viewing things and you feel worse about your body, run away from that type of a person or that program. Yeah. Cause that's not. Yeah. It's not Diets good. were meant to fail you. Like there, there's a reason that they fail, right. Is because yes. it's not sustainable and it's, it's more harmful than good. 
big yes. time. Yes, and, and Katie has the research to prove yes, it. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so we have the research. So thank you so much, Katie, for your time and for your wisdom. And we can't wait to see all the great things you're going to be doing in the future. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed this. Awesome. All right. Take care, everybody. The Life by Design, Not Default podcast is brought to you by the 8338 Collective. The 8338 Collective is a membership for female entrepreneurs who value community, education, accountability, and mindset. We understand that in order to reach our goals, we must learn new tools. We must seek education. We must shift our mindset because success without support is uncommon. And we are here to offer you the support that you need through our think tanks, templates, and tutorials. Join our community today by visiting the 8338collective.com. See you on the inside.